Well, it's Friday afternoon. It's um, the Q and A session has begun. Um, are there any questions? Rudy. I don't know if you have an answer for this. Anybody does, but this uh, trading center in China, if they have a fixed amount of gold that limits the contracts, what happens if Wang starts their delivery that shrinks and if shorts start to bring their gold in, then it'll go up. So are they intending to fix this or is this going to be fluctuating or do you have any idea the actual storage warehouse full of gold? No. No. Okay. We'll find out. Does anybody have any info on why it was delayed? Why the opening of the It's a good question. It's a very good question. I, I don't have the answer to that, but I hope it's not uh, a similar reason as uh, the delay in uh, Iran, for example, pricing its oil in, in uh, another currency than the dollar and, and so forth. Uh, so, you know, when you obviously want to change something as fundamental as the price discovery mechanism for gold, <laughs> you're bound to run into some um, geopolitical <laughs> tensions and challenges. And then we all know, or maybe we don't, that, that uh, two weeks ago, President Obama was in Australia and uh, made a big fuss about, uh, well, not exactly opening a, a U.S. naval base in Australia, but that's effectively what it is. Uh, near Darwin, very close to, um, well, where China thinks it's his ba their backyard. Yeah, well, I can tell you that it's New Zealand, but we do not want China in our backyard. We don't. We don't. Well, we don't want the U.S. either, do we? I mean, we don't um, have allowed them in our ports. Well, I'd rather have uh, the devil you know than the devil you know. Yeah, the devil you know. <laughs> Let's not get into geopolitics, I think. But the devil you know is the devil that's invaded everywhere else. The devil you don't know hasn't invaded anywhere in the world up until now. So I agree with you. Yeah. So I'd rather find out who the devil we don't know is. I think the Greeks have very bad memories of the Persians. Uh, so it's not like they haven't. Persians? Or the Arabians. Yeah, but not, not Chinese. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's, it's a good question. I, I don't know the answer to that. I know that it, when it was announced, it was meant to be this quarter and, and not so long ago. And there's very little on their own website. The, 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 the page has a website. Uh, it's, there's very little information there. So keeping things close to their chest, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it sort of begs the question, I suppose, if you have, um, if it's as good as you say it is, then it gives China um, basically an unelected government, very close um, place where you could have a massive amount of gold paid for by other people, which you could nationalise in an instant, if you so decide. Yep. Well, no, not if they're putting up the gold. Huh? Not if the uh, market maker, whoever it is, if that entity is putting up the gold and it's not somebody else's gold, it's their own gold. So I, I sort of think it's more like they're participating in the trading. Well, I suppose you need to read the history. It's just interesting. Those, those are all valid questions. I mean, and time yeah. will tell. Philip? Just, just on that point, it's, it's not wholly different, but it is Hong Kong, not China, as I understand it, which makes its operation in the 
Is it? It's Hong Kong, not mainland China. No, no, it's mainland China. It is it's mainland absolutely China. mainland. It's the central party of China that's completely behind this. It's part of the five-year plan, the 12th five-year plan of China. And, um, yeah, not Hong Kong. Not Hong Kong at all. Um, we, we didn't have time to talk about... Uh, you, yes, you have a question? Yes. Um, and you see the uncertain financial structures in which we built our financial system. How, how would you adjust for it? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, it's not uh, something I've arrested my mind to at all. But um, I, I suppose I would, I would uh, as the professor suggests, uh, certainly be looking at opening the mint to gold and silver and, and making my currency, the renminbi, uh, an international currency, a freely traded currency and uh, uh, so forth. Um, those kinds of things as opposed to being at the mercy of uh, what is the current system, which is they have to accept dollars and they have to pay in dollars. And Of course, China is more and more undertaking bilateral trade agreements for major materials they need, like oil and, and what have you, but thereby bypassing the need to use dollars to buy what they need. Uh, so uh, that's that's a first step, and, and they're going to continue. What are they doing that with Russia, Venezuela, Korea? No, I think I was surprised Korea. Korea or, or an ally of the U.S. somewhere uh, has... Uh, <laughs> well, New Zealand. I mean, they've got that deal going now with New Zealand to, uh, with the Renumbi. Well, New Zealand was the first free trade with China, but this is not free trade agreement on everything or, uh, you know, two countries free trade agreement I'm talking about. It's specific bilateral agreements that China uh, and, uh, uh, comes to... Uh, uh, Closing with another country like Venezuela for sourcing oil, and uh, they are uh, they, they do it really for the sole purpose. There may be other purposes, but to avoid having to um, exchange in dollars. Uh, does anyone have any other comment on that? I mean, I can't see any other reason because I mean, uh, Venezuela is not the nearest uh, oil supplier to China, but uh, the, in that case. What's that do to the dollar when that becomes uh, when people see that you can trade in there and be the same as you can trade in U.S. dollars? Well, the U.S. dollar is on the way out as a global reserve currency. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen without major conflicts or whatever. <laughs> it's a privilege that is uh, not like they're not likely to give away very easily. But it's. Um, it, I think countries like China fully recognize that, you know, they've been trying since the beginning of G20, if you follow the, the, the discussions of the G20, to push for a redefinition of the special drawing rights at the IMF, because it's still defined as per the end of uh, the Second World War, and the U.S. has a great uh, 
the US dollar has a great weight in that basket of, I think it's five or six currencies only, and China's not even in it, and a number of the countries in the G20 aren't in it. So it's not reflective, that basket of currencies and the special drawing rights is not reflective of, of um, economic activity in the world. Um, it's m much more reflective of currencies used to, to trade in the world. Um, and um, they've been trying to get other countries to agree to changing that basket to somehow include the renminbi and maybe even gold. As far as I can tell, that's not going anywhere. And, and that's causing frustration uh, to the countries that are not represented in special drawing rights and that are net creditors, uh, you know, China being one of the major ones. And this is why they're doing what they can legally and bilateral trade with other countries for goods is, is one of them. Um, the PAGE, uh, Pan-Asia Gold Exchange is another one. And I think that, you know, they're, they're clever people and they're gradually going to internationalize renminbi because it's, it's, let's face it, it's not a currency that's used outside China. They've started opening, um, uh, I think it's in Hong Kong, in New Zealand you can open a renminbi account. Um, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's the very first steps. Um, hmm. I don't think reserve currency means that's the currency that people necessarily trade in, although obviously that's part of it. I think the core of it is the world is drowning in debt, and the majority of it is dollar-denominated debt. You can't change people's balance sheets if they owe dollars and they're drowning in dollar debt. That can't be changed uh, very easily. And that's the, that's the fundamental core. So I, I, I think we all agree here that, that the current regime is going to end. But I don't think there's going to be another paper currency that replaces the dollar and the world becomes addicted to some other paper currency. And the whole paper system that is dollar-based goes down and probably the dollar is the last currency to collapse. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I think the more likely discussion around what may replace, if anything, replaces the dollar as the reserve currency is very likely to be the special drawing rights or whatever is the successor of the special drawing rights as it's currently defined. And that puts the IMF in a very different role if, that's, if that becomes... They, how can they replace the dollar-denominated debt that everybody's accumulated over? decades. Well, it, it can be done, but you need you need agreement. <laughs> and, and but that's, there isn't the political will to do that. No, 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 there's no political will for that at the moment, that's, that's for sure. Well, it's, it's easy to do. Uh, if, if you are the Chinese and, and you've got the money, but then when your US debt comes up for, uh, if you're in New Zealand and you've got US debt and it comes up for repayment, you go to the Chinese and, and they'll say, will give you U.S. dollars to pay off the debt and here's a new loan and uh, RMB. Uh, and as simple as that. And if the others, if nobody else is offering you anything, you just change it accordingly. I mean, the, the mechanics of doing it is, is quite easy. It's just that uh, anybody who's threatened to trade outside of U.S. dollars other than China is the world has what, a couple hundred trillion in dollar-denominated debt? So China just prints up a couple hundred trillion U.S. dollars to dole that out to everybody when their debts come up. And on top of that, no, no, promises they, they that when they need to roll a couple hundred trillion, a hundred times more than what China has in reserves. 
They have one trillion we're, in reserves. We're, we're speculating here on how, how things may unfold, and I think that's uh, uh, probably <laughs> we can go on forever and all have different opinions on that because we really don't know. Um, sticking on the subject of gold, um, was it about gold that you wanted to say something? Well, just this thing here, there's a dollar debt and there's a nominal, uh, you know, which does not directly translate into gold unless the thing collapses. I wouldn't mind a discussion on what's uh, called digital gold, because we, uh, we've, we've talked about paper gold, we've talked about, you know, um, physical gold and you know, equity investments. But what about digital gold? Um, uh, how many people here think digital gold um, is bullion, is, is gold, or is a good, good development or a good means of uh, accumulating um, savings and, and bullion? Are you talking about bullion vault? Bullion vault, uh, gold money, uh, how many would think that that is? Uh... Well, I have a currency account. I trade gold, and it is, as that book says, just bullshit. And I and I cannot understand how the world allows people like me to have currency accounts when you're just playing around trying to earn a few bucks. I mean, it's not gold. It's just digital, as you say. Right. And, and I think it's. But Louis. Because what you're talking about, it just depends on the title. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, exactly. So if you've got allocated digital gold, then I, I think that needs to custodian. Well, you, you cannot have allocated digital digital gold. That that doesn't happen. So, so bullion. I, I don't know anyone that provides that. Yes. Actually, bullion vault and gold money, if you have enough to have a complete bar, yeah. You can get the serial number. Yeah, but then then that's not digital gold anymore because you can't you can't buy something with you can't shave part of that bar to transact, right? right. You you may have you may have allocated storage of a bar at bullion vault or gold money. I don't dispute that. That they may all digital gold then, right? But it's not digital gold anymore, right? Okay, um, I, I have two thoughts to, to answer your question. One is, as you think about buying gold to save yourself from the collapse that's coming, my, my personal philosophy is you want to have different eggs in different baskets. So step number one is if you don't have gold coins on your person or in your house, get some. Step number two is you start to think about jurisdictional risk. If you have a significant amount of money, you don't necessarily want all of that in the form of coins that you have in your house. You want to get them offshore in various jurisdictions and things like gold money and bullion vault are a great vehicle, in my opinion, for that, with the, with the caveat that they're somewhere between unallocated and allocated. They're, they're a little bit sort of on the gray line there. The, uh, the other half of your question about digital gold for payments, right now there's nothing to start the flow, there's nothing to make gold circulate. If, if I want to buy something from Amazon and I have a choice to pay in dollars or pay in gold, I'll choose to pay in dollars. So this idea of, of having a digital transfer of gold to somebody, why would I as a payer want to do that? And so right now, I'm, I don't think they circulate. I think gold money is trying this. But I don't think they get circulation with it. Well, here's uh, just um, some of the risks involved with digital gold that probably not many people are um, 
aware of. Um, one of them is that they're not regulated. It's not like a bank uh, or uh, it, you have to know that, um, that they are not regulated. Well, it's not necessarily a problem, but you know, it's, it's, it's good to know. I think it's a weakness. Um, it might be a strength. It might be a strength. Okay. Um, what was the other one? Oh, not necessarily. This does not necessarily apply only to digital digital gold, but private storage of bullion. One thing that is very important is that wherever you store your bullion, whether that's a, a, a digital gold organization or your own uh, choice of private storage, the organization that stores it for you uses a certain space for, for that storage. Do they own that space or are they leasing it? That is a <laughs> the last thing most people have on their minds. But it is fundamental, again, to not having counterparty risks because as most, as far as I know, private vaults are concerned, and I don't know about gold money or bullion vault, whether they just lease the space in a building somewhere or they own the space, but if you're a tenant, and you, you miss a payment or something, the owner of the building has the right to appropriate the, the, the assets. I mean, it's happened in London. It's actually happened in London, yeah. Um, so it's, that, that too is, is, uh, is worth noting. So what happened in London? I can't remember all the details, but um, the, um, the owner of this provider of storage facility failed as payment, went bankrupt or whatever, and the owner of the building just emptied out all the safe deposit box and everything. And if you, um, if you were um, a client of that organization, you had to, you had to prove that uh, what was in your safety box to get it back. Exactly. And, and just exactly. as the regulation before Exactly. If you have something that proves you have title, then you're fine. But most people that will put things in, in their private storage that don't prove that. Okay, so if you've got a box and it's number 9,000, and the owner, for one reason or another, decides to grab the vault, surely the fact that you are owner of box number 900 gives you title. Oh, you're just assuming that your material in box 900 is still in the box. The well, owner, the owner of that, the, I'm just saying that the owner of that space could be, uh, could have less integrity than you. <laughs> but, sh well, I think in New Zealand, you'd have to... Um... It's happened. That's all I'm saying is it's happened. Rudy. Uh, let's get back to the root. There's gold and there's promises of gold. And even a title is a promise. Now, it may be a pretty good, strong promise. It's a promise from some entity, some government, some 
organization that says, yes, Mr. Claimer, this is your goal, but it's still just a claim on goal. Yes. Have you ever heard of title insurance? Why do people insure the property they buy? Because the title might be lost or mixed up or something. So it's an excellent promise, don't get me wrong. It's probably the best promise there is, <laughs> but it's still a promise. And so obviously electronic goal is a promise too. It's still not physical goal, I agree. And, and, and that I and cannot I disagree with. And my cold dead hands if it's not in there. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> oh, the answer to your question <laughs> We, we have some fundamentalists around. <laughs> The answer to your question about gold money and bullion vaults is they both leased from Viamat, which is a European vaulting company. Okay. They don't actually, neither one of them is anywhere near big enough to actually build or own their own vault. Yeah, so that's the thing. And, yeah. Uh, the other uh, means of um, owning gold, if you like, are um, funds. And you have open-end funds and closed-end funds. Does everybody know the difference between the two or not? Anyone doesn't know the difference between an open-end mutual fund and a closed-end fund? Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, an, an open-end fund is, is, is not a listed fund on the share market. It's one that um, issues units and is um, the unit value or the you know, price for having a share in such a fund is based on the net asset value on a daily basis. Okay, and it's highly liquid. There's no premium or discount to the net asset value in buying shares in that fund. Whereas a closed-end fund, which is the majority of bullion funds out there, Sprott being one of them, central funds, right? They're, they're closed-end funds, they issue shares, and the liquidity of such funds v depends on the supply and demand for shares in the fund as opposed to the liquidity of bullion. So that's why you end up with a premium or a discount to the net asset value of the fund when you buy shares in such a fund. Um, not saying one's better than the other, I'm saying they're different. They're different. If you're buying bullion, a bullion fund, and by the way, I don't know any other bullion fund than the BMG funds that have only bullion. Most, most gold funds have bullion and shares or bullion and something else, or it's very rare it's just the metal. But <clears throat> you have some closed funds and open funds. So it's um, worth looking into what kind of fund it is. Very fast way of knowing which type it is is if you have premium discount chain variation uh, to the share price. That immediately tells you it's listed and um, the um, daily or, or price of uh, the underlying asset will vary based on the demand and supply for that fund. I mean, you will have some closed-end fund that will have significant premium in times of difficulty of obtaining the, the, the metal uh, as has been the case in 2009 and 2010, uh, 2008 or 2009. So is that clear for everyone? I just wanted to, to cover the whole ground of different means of owning bullion, and that was one I didn't have time to cover in the before Q&A uh, session. That's about it. You had a question, Rudy? No, I 
It's, 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 the, it's the name given to those funds. Open-ended means that, hey, you want to invest in this fund, you send money to the manager of the fund, and they'll buy the bullion. Right away. That right away. Fun. At the price, the market price. Okay? Uh, okay. And it's open to business. You know, it's open. And, and you, you want to be money. redeemed, you're redeemed at the, at the current yeah, the price of gold. In well, some funds allow you to redeem in bullion, some don't, but anyway, you, you, it's fully liquid, okay? Whereas closed-end funds have share issues, right. right? They go to market, they say they're going to have an issuance of so much, and people bid for it, and, and you know, the price will, will fluctuate based on the demand and supply, and sometimes it might take them some time, especially in the case of a bullion fund, to, to, to obtain the metal. Yeah, and and there are other aspects that make closed-end funds quite a different beast to an open-end fund. I prefer open-ended funds. Uh, they're much more transparent and and actually better regulated uh, than, clo than closed-end funds. Um, Historically. When it's been run on a run on the central bank uh, on the gold reserves, is is the same time as people have gone off the gold standard or changed the gold standard. When, when you started this conference, you put up a thing saying gold is now being moved from one country to the next. I think you have Venezuela or something. Um, just like to get some feedback on, you know. Each country's got gold reserves. They're, they're all secret, so nobody tells each other what, what they are. Some are central banks, some are not central bank. What's what's happening at all in terms of moving it around between countries? Um, well, um, just just about official reserves. Just to take that subject, there, there are you have to go to the World Gold Council. That's the best source for official statistics on central banks' holdings but it'll be what central banks report to be their holdings. Um, and um, not all central banks report their holdings. That, that's a fact. So, uh, but, and some central banks will report that they've sold or they've, they've bought, and that's where that comes from, that there is a, a move of gold from the west to the east because central bankers have become net buyers of gold for their reserves, but those banks predominantly that do the buying are in the East. Uh, you know, China, India, South Korea, and so forth. Russia. Um, Russia's neither East or West. It's <laughs> um, does that answer your question? I mean, that will be the movement of gold as far as central bank official holdings is concerned, but there's also private ownership of gold. There's a lot of movement of the, the metal in, in that space, but we don't. There's no statistics on that. Okay. Uh, and when there's a massive movement, uh, I mean, it's not used as a, by the Federal Reserve or by any other country at the moment. It's, they're not on the gold standard. Why are they doing it? That's your question, right? Why do they worry about it? <laughs> oh, I, 
you can only speculate as to why. And, and my suspicion is that there are some um, secret talks uh, among uh, the G20 about the new monetary system. And it's pretty obvious that gold will be in the equation somehow, not in the sense of fully redeemable currency or gold standard, but it will matter in terms of the purchasing power of your currency or when, as I see it anyway, when currencies reset for the new monetary system, uh, your central bank gold reserves may have something to do with that. Uh, that's pure speculation on my part. But <clears throat> another reason is uh, maybe that uh, some of those countries have the intention of uh, opening them in, as the professor puts it, and um, or going back to some kind of backing of their currency. Um, after all, there are countries that don't have any debt uh, and that are accumulating gold, which is uh, fairly interesting to watch. Um, I think in Russia and China in particular. Okay. Realistically, that Venezuela thing was just a big stunt to get the gold back because they knew that if they start nationalizing the mines in Venezuela, the Western Bloc countries would just seize the gold that was held in London and other such places. What motivates Mr. Chavez is what motivates Mr. Chavez. I, I don't know. If I if it was me, I I wouldn't announce it to the world that I'm repatriating my gold. <laughs> I do it. I do it very quietly. <laughs> Especially if it has to go across the Atlantic, which the U.S. Navy controls. You know. <laughs> so, just you mentioned about digital gold. Um, are you saying that, say, trading gold on a currency account is not digital? That's not what you were referring to. No. Oh, okay. Does everyone want to end at this point? Because there's no question, or 